The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is A to Z Healing Toolbox, tips and tools for navigating grief and trauma. I am your host, Susan Hannafin McNabb, social worker, educator, and author of the five-time award-winning guidebook, A to Z Healing Toolbox, a practical guide for navigating grief and trauma with intention. Together on this podcast, we will discover 26 powerful action-based tools and resources that will counter the negative effects of grief and trauma while assisting us in increased healing of the mind, body, and spirit. In each podcast episode, we will hear from inspirational guest experts in the fields of traumatic loss and bereavement, medical practitioners, mental health therapists, best-selling authors, spiritual leaders, nonprofit founders, and everyday individuals who are learning to live in the light despite profound darkness. Thank you for joining me. A to Z tips and tools are yours to integrate on your personal road to healing. Healing tool R, right brain release. Creativity healed me. I don't know that I could think of any word that I get more inspired by than the word healing by Sark. Welcome everyone to this edition of the A to Z Healing Toolbox podcast, where we discuss tips and tools for helping heal grief and trauma. I'm your host, Susan Hannafin McNabb, and today I am joined by my friend and colleague, Jim Spellman, who is just an amazing individual. And he'll be talking with us today about how he has integrated right brain modalities into his healing journey, both personally and professionally. But before we get to Jim and my discussion with him, I want to just briefly talk about the importance of sliding into the right side of our brain when we are having a grief or trauma experience. In a nutshell, when we're in a traumatizing, terrifying situation, the left side of the brain can often shut down, leaving us temporarily unable to apply much verbal expression, logic, reason, or order. And so one of the best ways to assist traumatized or grieving people in our healing is to give us ways to access 
and use the nonverbal side of our brain, which is the right hemisphere, where color, sound, music, art, imagery, light, smell and intuition are stored. I know for me, after Brent died, I had absolutely no words for this experience at all. And so I came upon a therapy called sand play therapy, and it's completely nonverbal. It's simply going to a sand play therapist office and pulling trinkets and items off the shelves that somehow call to your subconscious. And then you place these figures and symbols into a tray of sand. Over time, our right side of the brain and our left side of the brain can come together in continued healing. Today, I'm so excited to welcome Jim Spellman to be here with us on the podcast. He has such a wealth of experience to share, and I want to just briefly share a little bit about Jim. Jim works full-time as an award-winning artist, mentor, and photography-based image designer in the Chicago area. After his wife died suddenly giving birth to their son in 2002, Jim reinvented his life piece by piece by passionately creating both his art and his creative businesses. As a devoted teacher and creative entrepreneur, Jim now offers courses and coaching to empower those who want to rise above any life challenge to live their dream creative life. He now lives his imagined life with his wife, Jerry, their two special needs sons, Zach and Leo, and their two cats, Chase and Farley. Jim Spellman, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I can't wait for everyone to hear what you have to say and what you have to share because you have such a wealth of information. I'm so excited for you for doing this podcast. And I first off want to just acknowledge you for all the work you've done and that are you are doing, you know, for yourself and devoting yourself to your own healing and to your family's healing and to all the people and all the listeners and people of Soaring Spirits and Camp Widow. And thank you. And thanks for writing your book. It's amazing. Oh, well, well thank well, you. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. We all need kudos once in a while, right? <laughs> and uh, that leads me to to acknowledging all all the listeners and anybody that's listening today because it takes it really takes something to step into healing. It takes courage and it takes bravery. Just just you being here and listening and wanting to heal. We've been there. We know where you are at and we appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you for acknowledging all the listeners. And and on that note, you know, we have been there and uh, most folks who are, are listening in know a bit about my story, but I think some people don't know about your story. So I'm wondering if you can share with us a little bit about your story, how you came to be here sitting across from me. And, um, and then we'll get into how you started integrating creativity into your life. But I think all good things start with a story, right? You know, I was living my dream in England and Karen and I decided to get pregnant and we moved from London to a small town outside of London, Gillingham, to be closer to her mom so that her mom could help take care of the baby. And everything was going really smoothly. And then at the last minute, there were some complications to her pregnancy. We had a midwife that was 
ready to do a home birth. We had opted for a home birth. Okay. My wife had said that if there's any complications, we're going to go to the hospital. So it was kind of all routine because she said the baby's head is not engaging properly. And so we went to the hospital and making a long story short, Karen had some complications and they had to artificially break her waters. And in artificially breaking her waters, she went into shock and she went into emergency surgery seven hours and did not make it. She died giving birth to our son, Leo in Gillingham, England, um, on June 24th, 2002. And, you know, my life, I mean, looking at my life now, my life completely exploded at that point. Not only did my wife die in emergency surgery, my son was born with massive complications. So right at that moment, I mean, I remember that moment so clearly of being in the hospital and my son being born and my wife dying. And I immediately was in survival mode for my son. So my journey began on that day of grieving and building and trying to help my son survive. Well, I appreciate you sharing your story because I'm a big believer in our stories helping others heal. Karen's death was in 2002. Here you are years later and you're articulate and lovely and wonderful. And so many people might say, well, how did he get from that experience, right? Your wife has just died. You have a son with uh, complications and you're over here now. So where did you start integrating creativity? I know you mentioned that you were a creative person before Karen died, but how did creativity come into play at all? I mean, where do you start from that? Well, that is such an interesting question. And I really have been looking at that and I'm, I'm naturally create a creative person. And like I said, I had a business as a photographer, as a beauty and fashion photographer. So it was, it was part is really inherently a part of me. And I remember it was about, I don't know, a couple of weeks after Karen died, Leo was in the hospital. I got a call from an agent for a job uh, for a big, huge photography job from this that I was like in love with. And I was like, okay, so I immediately said yes to doing this. And that was the first time that I really used a creative bridge to get out of the pain that I was in because my life exploded. I was in this enormous amount of confusion, disarray, pain, you know, to have somebody call and say, Hey, Jim, we want you work with us. It was just this bright light and it makes this darkness. So that was the first, the first absolute time. So it's really evolved from that to now. Now, I think it's so interesting that you, creativity is something you jumped toward because that was your comfort zone. And when I have people say to me, you know, there are these 26 healing tools, which one am I supposed to do first? I say, well, number one, you don't have to do them all, right? These are suggestions of things that you can integrate if they're comfortable for you or resonate with you. And number two, go to what is comfortable first, yes. right? So for me, it was therapy and exercise, right? For you, it was like, oh, okay, I need the creative stuff. That's going to save me. So yes. interesting. So latched on to that. I mean, when Leo was six months old um, and he had, he's got cerebral palsy, he had severe complications, medical complications and physical comp- complications because of that. Creativity wasn't only, I didn't use creativity only as a release and an outlet and something to go towards, but I used that in my life with Leo. 
I viewed our life as a creative journey almost immediately. Like it wasn't like, oh, we're going to therapy and I've got to do this. It was just using even his therapy as a creative process. You know, here's this little guy who can, he's having trouble moving, but I looked at it as a, as a creative process of how can we help him roll and how can we help him grab and, and how can I help him the best that I can in a creative way? So it's dual things going on. Beautiful. Um, and I, I feel like creativity is there's, there are people listening might not think that they're a creative person or that they are creative in any way, but I, I look at creativity without those strict parameters. Like you don't have to be an artist or a photographer or a, uh, an author or a sculptor. I mean, you can use creativity in any way in your life, um, you know, visualizations, meditations, journal writing, just thinking outside the box on a daily basis. If you are grieving um, and your life is blown apart, you know, it's just even latching on to the tiniest bit of anything that's creative that can help you on your healing journey. So it doesn't have to be this tight box of painting or clay or anything. It can be. Yes you know, using creativity in any way. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I traditionally am a very left brain person. I was a teacher, so I'm all organized. My A to Z healing toolbox is very organized. It's very linear. And when Brent died, I had absolutely no words to speak to journal, I had nothing. So I had a wonderful trauma therapist say, okay, you know what? We need to get you to access the right side of your brain. I was like, what, what is that? Like, I don't go there. I don't do art. I don't paint. I don't dance. I don't sculpt. I don't do those things. And I came to learn just as you're saying, there's so many ways to access that side of our brain. I dove into sand play therapy, right? Which is very nonverbal and it's using symbols and images in a tray of sand. I also used soul collage a lot. I don't know if you're familiar with soul collage, but it's, it's imagery based. And so to your point, listeners, me right we don't have to use something you know we don't have to bust out a, a can of paint in order to start healing um, yes. creativity as you mentioned can happen in so many ways and so to that point you know now you're 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 a very creative person you're creating other things now i know you were doing photography for a long time what are you doing now as far as your continued healing in your professional life or your personal life reinvention keeps coming up for me. So when you're in the midst of the pain and the, it's so hard and deep and constant, um, it's, it's really difficult to know that every ounce of that pain and that suffering that you may be feeling is actually going to be useful to you, is going to honor who you are, is going to further your life. Just bear with it because believe you me, uh, if, you know, I can do this and Susan can do this, you can do this. It really is useful in the end. And I feel like every bit of my creative process, as I look back, I'm like, oh, you know, I did that so that I could do this. And I did that so I could do this. And now it's leading me to this. And, you know, and I'm still deeply involved in my creative processes and my photography. I'm naturally letting go to my, of my commercial version, turning more and more to my art and turning towards helping others live their dream creative life. So every ounce of what I've gone through, every bit of pain is now available, like 
I've made myself available. I've grown, I've transformed, and now I can offer it as help to, to other people. I love that. You know, our friend Tom Zuba says life prepares us for life. And that's exactly what you just described. All of your experiences, you've now been integrating into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. We've been through such deep trauma and listeners that are just either just have had their life blown up or in the process in those throes of just this disorganization and hang on to hang on to hang on and to lean into healing. And it, it, and experiencing anything that is on the creative end of things can even mean getting up and looking out the window and seeing light or seeing a tree or noticing an animal. I mean, we're talking those right brain things at the point where you just can't sense anything else are important also. Yes. Then it will grow. You can grow it from there, but please know that you can grow it from a feeling of like it's non-existent. Yes, I love that because I know for me, and it sounds like for, for you, on day one, it was the blackest, darkest hole. I mean, how are we ever, ever going to see light? Yes. But I love your your imagery there. And imagery is so powerful because that's right brain, right? There's no logic, order, or reason dedicated to imagery. Um, I know guided imagery is a huge help for many people. And I'll just, since I'm a social worker, I've got to throw out resources, yeah, but sure. uh, Bella Ruth Knapperstack has a company called Health Journeys. Bella Ruth Knapperstack is the queen of guided imagery and her guided imagery is used by the Veterans Administration, the Red Cross, universities, hospitals, health clinics. She has guided imagery for everything under the sun. So if people go visit healthjourneys.com, they'll see many titles. And um, that's another thing that helped me as we're talking about resources that can help people, guided imagery, because you can put on your headphones or not. You know, I used to play an old school CD player. I'd put Jacob to bed. I'd put my lavender Epsom salts in the bathtub and I'd push play and just close my eyes and listen to the imagery as I was guided because I couldn't do anything else. Super useful and, um super easy like it doesn't take any energy and it's right. so feeding for your soul and to your growth and uh, nurturing uh, looking back at my journey too early on and something that i didn't really read a lot about so i want to hear your thoughts about this but as i was thinking about and writing about helping people one of the things that came naturally to me was daydreaming and fantasizing. And I think we downplay these things a lot in our society. Don't daydream. You know, that's lazy. Don't fantasize because you're going to be overrun with fantasies. And it's like, okay, looking back, had I not been a daydreamer and a fantasizer through those first, especially year or two, I mean, it just helped me. And I'm not talking about guidance. This, this is just about reimagining a possible life. Like in the deepest, yes. darkest rows. And when you're just, I, I was so, you know, immersed in taking care of my baby, special needs baby in a foreign country as a single parent. So I would go to bed with nothing left, but I could reimagine a life and any imagery that you can create by yourself, even if it's a crazy fantasy of having a new house or having a new partner. We don't want to talk about that as widows, like you're going to imagine having a new partner, but that's okay. Creative process. 
that can help you lift you. You I know. love that. I love that. You know, the letter I in the book is imagery. And um, I'm hoping that we get some experts on imagery other than us, right? Wow. But uh, yeah. it's such a powerful, powerful source for the brain and, and the, the, the mind, body and spirit, really. So you mentioned earlier that you integrated a creative process taking care of Leo early on when he was a baby. Can you talk about that some? Like what, what had that, what did that look like? Or what does that look like now? You mentioned that your son has cerebral palsy and he's now older. So what's the creativity there? Leo is just this dynamic, wonderful, funny, loving kid, young adult man. I can't believe it. He's 19 now. And he's just, just wonderful. And I thought of Leo as unlimited. Like I've never thought of him as being disabled in the sense of that he doesn't have anything as possible. And so reimagination of my life and using creativity in my right side of my brain, I was always like creating for him. What can we do? How can, how can he live the biggest possible life imaginable? Now that crashed into reality so many times. I mean, you know, as I, as he grew, I learned the challenges of his physicalness. I mean, he can't grasp and grab. He's nonverbal. He's very thoughtful and communicative. We have a whole, so this is one of the processes that we went through for years is his communication and being creative around how can he communicate. And we built this system for him from a Surface Pro with eye gaze camera so that he can, you know, look at the pictures on the Surface Pro with his eyes and it speaks for him. Now there are speaking devices available, but this was brand new. I mean, you know, we did this with the Surface Pro and this little camera. So it's just always been thinking outside the box and how can how can we build this life together and and tom zuba has mentioned this too is like peace or pain peace or pain am i going to choose peace in this moment or am i going to choose pain and when you can get to that place where you can have a choice you know you're healing <laughs> it's like yes oh, i'm out of the darkness i can choose peace or pain it's so it's a wonderful it's actually crazy because sometimes we still do choose pain of course but you know to choose pieces like this really it's i feel like it's a creative process and i've used that quite a bit with leo through through our all of our years so, so all those parents out there with special kids i feel for you you know i'm smiling and laughing now and i have my days we have our days there is hope it is I mean, there's so much, there's, there's a, that's a whole podcast in itself, but I just wanted to mention that. And, and there's the a whole other podcast too, is on rebuilding, which you've been doing, um, mm. hope, which you obviously have. People that are listening that they're not even at the rebuilding place yet. They're just trying to sit up in bed, yes. you know, if they even get out or they're trying to go back to work, maybe after a, a profound loss. Do you have any ideas for just simple tools? We talked about the imagery. Are there other things that you use or you use? I know yeah. you mentioned, you know, imagination and fantasy, which is, which are wonderful as well. Any other things? I mean, did journaling work for you? You mentioned that. I didn't really journal a whole lot. I went back to work at when Leo was six months old and it was a fashion magazine. Okay. I mean, this is a whole crazy story where I had a nanny taking care of Leo at my Gillingham little house while I flew to Milan and did these, you know, fashion shoots for these magazines. I think that the practical tool, if I, 
I think it's anything that gives you hope, anything that you can get up and, and has a little, the teeniest sliver of light. I mean, I just remember thinking, I can't do this. A lot of it was around Leo and taking care of him in those early months. It's like, I can't do it, but it was just like anything to, okay, so I'm gonna give you an example. So this is, this is being consciously creative very practically. This is on the early stages when you just can't get up. If you can get up, because I think it's important to rest, first of all, it is very okay to be in the dark for as long as you need to be. I want to mention that. But when you're ready to get up, one of the things that boosted me in those really early days was so simple was going to the grocery store. Because it was colorful, there were people, people buying food, nurturing themselves there was a hustle and bustle and i just remember feeling like you know i'm a i'm just a little more alive in here i love that example and it's making me think about things that i did in the very early days just to just to reach for any bit of hope and one of the first things i did was i in the community i kept meeting other widowed people and many of them had children. So Jacob was five when Brent died. And what I did is I took out an index card and I just wrote the names of these women or men and their children's names. And I put at the top of the card, if they can do this, so can I. And I made a list of all the people who were doing this. Wow. And I thought, okay, that's hope because I don't know how they're doing this, but they are. And so I have to be able to do this and I don't know how that's going to look. But for me, that was a little bit of hope as well. Very useful and very definitive. Like you're pointing to something that's important to is very specific and simple, very specific and simple. I think that's really important. People will listen to this podcast and go, that guy's amazing. How do I get in touch with Jim Spellman? Where is he in the world? How, how yeah. can I work with him? How can he help me? Can you speak to that for a bit? The Unstoppables, which is uh, a group um, of us that from all walks of life that want to live our creative dream life. And it's unstoppable, it's unstoppable artists, unstoppable underscore artists is my new Instagram page for that. Okay. You can always get a hold of me through you, or I can give, you know, we can do a link. I don't know how to do that with my email. I'm so open. If you're listening and you want to get a hold of me, please do. Do you have a website where people can go? It's spellmanart.com. So can it's you spell my that? Would you spell S Spellman? Yes. It's only one L. It's <laughs> S for sugar, P for Paul, E-L-M-A-N, and then art, A-R-T.com. And you can, you know, in the contact, you can just get a hold of me through there too. Or unstoppable underscore artists on Instagram. Perfect. Now, what about that book you're working on, Jim? Do you want to talk about that at well, all? Sure. I am writing a book and it's, you know, you can see it. It's on the wall. Uh, it's all color coded at this time. But I really realized that I didn't know that I was actually using all these different elements to create a creative dream life. And I've spelled them out in practical language, just like you did with A to Z. Uh, healing toolbox in that it's going to be a, a very useful formula, not in any jargon, but very, um, very organic uh, with bond builders, uh, builders, bonds that we can build that create life and bond breakers, things that we can choose that 
actually don't um, further our creative dream life. And there are all sorts of elements like giving yourself permission. This is an interesting one because it's very, we mentioned yesterday, we were, you and I were chatting about accepting help and asking for help. Oh yes. I got thinking about that. I'm like, oh, one of the very important things is giving ourselves permission to receive help. Yes. But not only that is to ask for help. So that's part of the book is permission of all sorts of things, permission for ourselves to be creative, permission for ourselves to be sad. Lots of times, I mean, I, you know, when I say men, I know this is stereotypical, but in our society, I think we'd all agree that men are told to be stoic and tough and, you know, for, for men. And I'd like to speak to that for a minute because I really feel like there's a need, especially for, for men to experience this safe place to grieve. And I want to, I'm going to offer that. I offer that. And I feel like um, that's super important that both men and women, I think stereotyping again, but I think it's easier for women to ask for help and maybe less easy. Maybe in your experience, you can tell me more about this. It's been that in my experience to ask for help. It wasn't easy for me. It's still very difficult. <laughs> it's, a, it's a complete breakthrough for me to ask for help and receive help. I mean, my mom this week wanted to give me help and I was like, no, I'm a man. I shouldn't have really. No, seriously. It's, I want to help men understand that what they're going through is completely normal. Anything that they're feeling, anything that they're going through, it's their journey and it's okay. So that's a big part of what I'm writing about also. Permission for all the things, asking for help, receiving help, having emotion, not having an emotion, just all of it. That's beautiful. Picture life as a cake and all the pieces of the cake. When you slice the cake into whatever, however many pieces, and you think about all the pieces like kids, work, self-care, family, spirituality, your social life and downtime. If you slice through that, there's two levels, uh, two tiers in the cake. This is a two-tier cake. My favorite so, kind. Yeah. One is the right brain um, tier on the bottom and one is the left brain. And you think about a cake, every piece of your cake, okay, that you slice through has your right brain and your left brain. So every piece of your life has a creativity piece in it. And so I want to impart that that may not look like what you think it has to look like, but to think about it consciously that in, if you're in the throes of grief, if you're in that, I can't get out of bed. It's to consciously create that you can be creative, but let that just float. You don't really have to think to be creative. God, the universe, and however you believe will supply the tools, just be even the slightest, teeniest bit, weeny teeny open, and it'll happen for you. A to Z Healing Toolbox offers professional trainings, live and virtual workshops, podcast interviews, healing guidebooks, speaking engagements at conferences nationwide, small group virtual support, and solo sessions individually tailored to meet your unique needs. Books can be found on the A to Z Healing Toolbox website, on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, 
and your local bookstore. If you would like to connect with Susan and join a small group for virtual support or schedule a solo session, please contact Susan at a2zhealingtoolbox.com. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts.